This is where the law stops. And I start. Stallone is a cop called Cobra. The strong arm of the law. Welcome into another episode of the Bad Movies, Worst Opinions podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. The only rule of the podcast is that we must watch a movie below a 6.0 on IMDb. We are very happy right now to welcome in studio one of the most successful radio hosts in Kansas City, Scott Parks joins us on the show today legend we appreciate you we've only done one 80s movie this is the one today we are doing cobra with sylvester salone because you have told me that sly is your favorite actor c dot rob glad to be here thank you for having me uh i truly believe that sylvester salone is one of the greatest if not the greatest actor from the 80s uh save maybe only tom cruise um and man you made me watch Cobra. <laughs> there is there is nothing good about this movie. I mean, we have a whole podcast talk about it, but boy, did I hate this movie. Yeah. Really hated it. I didn't hate this movie nearly as much as you guys hated. So today, we are doing our first 80s movie. We are doing Cobra. It is rated a 5.8 on IMDb out of 77,000 votes. The release day, May 23rd, 1986. Parks, where are you at in your life, May 23rd, 1986? I'm leaving Heidelberg, moving to Dusseldorf uh, between my freshman and sophomore years in high school. Uh, I am a huge Sly Stallone fan. Uh, Rocky, Rambo were huge at the time. Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies, Victory, with Sly Stallone and Michael Caine was had come out just a couple years before that. Um I did see, I remember seeing Cobra. I don't remember if I saw it in the theater, but I remember seeing Cobra in 1986. And I don't remember my reaction being the same as my reaction last night when you made me watch it again. <laughs> Just for like to give a peek behind the curtain, he called me about three times yesterday and he was like, I'm still watching this and I hate you for it. Multiple times I got that call. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> he called me once, like I'm 10 minutes in, I'm going to turn it off. I'm like, you have to watch it <laughs> yeah, for the you podcast. Have, you have to finish the movie. <laughs> then about half an hour later, he calls me and goes, this just happened and I don't know why I'm still watching this movie. <laughs> There's a robot scene about 30 minutes in. Yeah. Rob, can you explain the robot scene it in seems Cobra? Like it's, it's I a, mean, it's what a, was that? It's a very 80s flash scene or like she's modeling there's a robot in the background Stallone loves robots you remember in Rocky 4 <laughs> he just War. buys he just buys Paulie right. a robot happy birthday Paulie he just <laughs> loves robots so this movie is currently streaming on HBO Max if you would like to watch it it's runtime <laughs> is 89 minutes the budget parks 25 million dollars 160 million at the box yeah really goes to show you the power of Stallone in the 80s that a movie that was not critically acclaimed $160 million. It also goes to show you that fools and their money are easily parted. And, I mean, let's get to the meat of this movie. <laughs> What's with the matchstick in the mouth? I mean, people would put, like, uh, toothpicks in their mouth. But the matchstick? What's that all about? He's a badass, man. He's Cobra. He's not a badass. <laughs> He's Cobra. He's Cobretti. He's not. Marion Cobretti. <laughs> I mean, it's just. The, the the whole first scene where there's the hostage hostage situation, say that three times fast, and then they go, call in the Cobra. 
calling the cobra. He had to come in and regulate the situation. Okay, okay. Except that one cop, basically Jim Gordon, he the whole time was like, I hate you. I hate the zombie crew. You don't care if people live or die like that. The There's zombie the, crew. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. <laughs> the description for cobra, a tough on crime street crop who must protect the only surviving witness to a strange murderous cult with far reaching plans. Sounds like a great movie. The box office this week parks number one was cobra number two poltergeist number two number three top gun your favorite movie Mm -hmm. number four short circuit and number five sweet liberty that was the box office back in may of 1986 whenever cobra came out i've never heard of sweet liberty other than top gun and poltergeist it it went to number one because there was no competition in short circuit a popular movie though i mean it's a popular it was a a, a little kitty comedy okay I never heard Sweet Thing. Is that the fifth? Sweet Liberty. I never heard of it. Yeah, Sweet Liberty. You obviously were not checking for that movie back in the day. The cast for this movie is Sly Stallone. He is Lieutenant Marion Cobretti Cobra, Bridget Nielsen. Where are we at on Bridget Nielsen in this movie? Okay. I thought she looked good in this movie. Where are you at? So this was the second movie that Sly Stallone did with uh, Bridget Nielsen. That's this the- was the first movie they did after their divorce. Ooh, it's so post-divorce. Ro- Rocky Four, they did pre-marriage. Cobra, they did post-marriage, which goes to tell you how short their marriage really was. <laughs> it was not very long. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, she looked fine. I-, I-, I never understood why he kept casting her in movies. I don't consider her a very good actress. Let's be, let's be honest here for a second. Sly Stallone in... The first Rambo movie, and certainly the first two Rocky movies, and I would argue in Victory, is a great actor. But then he has movies like anything Rocky Three and Past, and Rambo Three and Past, where he's just not a very good actor. That doesn't mean I don't love him, and I don't think he's a great actor, uh, as far as you know the the the. the the action in the movies and everything like that. I think his movies are great, but let's be honest about Sly Stallone. He's not a very good actor. He can be, and he's demonstrated that in Rocky 1 and 2 and Rambo 1, First Blood, whatever you want to call it. What I saw in Cobra last night was some of the most piss-poor acting I've ever seen in my entire life. It was formulaic. It was boring. It was predictable. You couldn't, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, and I know you're not a fan of this movie. I could not connect with the character. And the key to a good movie is being able to connect with the character. Being able to be absorbed, if you will, by the character. There was nothing about Lieutenant Cabrati or Cabretti, whatever his name is. Cobra. Cobra. (laughs) Let's bring in the Cobra. Uh, There was nothing about his character in this movie that drew me in. He was boring and formulaic. I'm with you on Cobra. I at least think, I mean, it's different now watching it like we know, like, oh, that's Stallone. That I think the appeal of maybe Cobra is the mystery behind him and that you don't know enough. And that she just slides Stallone. Like, it's 90 minutes of, hey, Sly's going to regulate. We're going to shoot some bad guys. We're going to stop a hostage situation. And we're then gonna, we're just going to have a car race. And then the and, movie's going to be over. And then we just drive off at the end of the movie. Where's the plot? 
This movie was a little light on plot. This movie starts with a man who is dressed like a uh, like a school shooter illegally parking in a handicapped spot at the grocery store. And well, and well, what do you know? He starts to shoot up the joint. A hostage situation breaks out and the Cobra is called in to end the situation. Well, that's exactly what he does. He goes in and he regulates. Hey, dirtbag. You're a lousy shot. I don't like lousy shots. You wasted a kid. Nothing. No, I think it's time to waste you. The media is oddly invested in due process for a person who just walked into a grocery store and is shooting people for no reason. And then he throws a knife in his stomach and yep. shoots him. It's, what cop does that? <laughs> this, is my first, Cobra. this is my first fun fact. It's quasi because of this scene. So this movie originally, the rough cut, was two hours plus long. That there were way too much Cobra. There were concerns in the studio about how graphic some of the deaths and mutilated bodies and things of that nature were. So they cut back about 40 minutes of, they say, X-rated you know, violence and gore. They say some still slips into the movie. So when you see like the knife throw and the shooting, I imagine in the rough cut, you see like way more graphic violence, but the studio was like, no one's going to go to this movie if we keep that in there. So like with that knowledge, you watch this movie and you're like, if you had done it more gory and done like a little bit more gruesome, Mm -hmm. maybe some of these scenes make more sense, but it seems like they're about to have like, like this gruesome shootout, the knife in the stomach and then cut scene to the media. You're like, wait, that's it? We're done? It just seemed like there's something missing like from all these deaths and things. This is a movie that probably works a little bit better today because you kind of do have the runway to like, mm-hmm. this is just the equalizer in a lot of cases. Like, yeah. We, yeah. We've now or, seen Or John this, Wick. Yeah, yeah. We've now seen this formula for a movie done, but now that you can get more creative and like our sensibilities have changed a little bit, you can kind of showcase this movie in a little bit different way than you probably could I mean, back in 86. Not to say that Cobra was... Uh, before its time, um, but I agree with what you said. Maybe if if Cobra had been made 2021, 2022, with the gratuitous violence, and I mean, I just watched John Wick 4 the other day, and by the way, I don't like that movie either. Uh, it, it's just too much. Um, but like John Wick 2 and John Wick 1 are horribly violent, mm-hmm. but they're good movies partially because of their violence. Um Maybe if Cobra had been made in 2020, 2021, it may have been a better movie. I mean, you have this, like, personality-less, badass, Sylvester Stallone, Lieutenant Cabretti, whatever his name is, who who just runs around and, you know, kills people and throws knives in people's stomachs and then shoots them for no reason. Uh, I, I think that would work now. It did not work in 1986. And at some point, we have to come back to when this movie was filmed in Sylvester Stallone's career. There is no reason he needed to make Cobra. No reason. I mean, I think at that point, I mean, if you're him and you know that everything you touch just turns to gold and, you know, you get to director, you get to do all these kind of things. Did I read right that he wrote the screenplay on this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, God. That's what I'm saying. The, The guy who wrote Rocky wrote Cobra. And then, you know, and and at that point, Hollywood knows that whatever you put your name to is gold. So somebody's going to give you well, the money you need to fund your idea. And you do you your said, idea, and everybody was twenty million dollars, twenty five, and it made one sixty. One sixty. So, so I mean, it made money. I mean, that's yeah, it, it made money clearly. hand over fist. We are at Casa de Cobra, and we learn more about the Night Slasher, who is just running around killing everybody. Tonight, the man known as the Night Slasher has apparently struck for the sixteenth time in just over a month's time. 
22-year-old victim was mutilated with a sharp instrument and seemed to be just as unlikely a victim as the other 15. Not much else is known other than that the night slasher preys upon anyone. His victims have included businessmen, Asian immigrants, the elderly, and in one case, a sexually assaulted child. The serial killer has thrown the city into a growing panic, and up until now, no one has had a clue to his identity. And in the middle of catching another body, Bridget Nielsen rolls up on the Night Slasher posse, but they get her license plate number to track her down. <laughs> Night Slasher. Uh, this was about the same time as the Night Stalker. Yeah, in L.A. Back in, mm. yeah, back in the 1980s, yep. Well, Bridget Nielsen did not have her iconic haircut in this movie. They made her wear a wig for her character. It's my, one of my fun facts. Like, she was iconic at the time for short blonde hair. They gave her a wig for this movie. So you have a star who's known for a certain look. We're not going to have you do that certain look. Why would we do that? Like, you're going to bring this person on and not use the star power? It makes no sense to me. So the bodies are racking up from the Night Stalker. And you know what? The police are running out of resources. And it's only one person to turn to. Parks, who are they turning to? Lieutenant Cabretti. Well, I won't waste any time. You know almost every sicko in this city. Shake them down. Do what you have to do to get a lead on this maniac. If I find him. Do what you do best. We're turning to the Cobra. It is now time for 80s montage. And I was very excited about the 80s montage. But to you guys' point about the plot, this scene I wrote down, this feels like a scene just so we could look at Bridget Nielsen in her underwear. It had no, (laughs) absolutely no purpose in the movie. It is robots. It's very out of picture. It's just her bent over taking pictures. No one notices that there is a strange blue van just rolling around the city. Like, the van just always seemed really suspicious. Well, like, it didn't have any, like, pain or it didn't have any. It, just, it was just a blue van just riding around the city. It's like a John Wick movie. Uh, I mean, it's so unrealistic. Uh, like, in John Wick, they're shooting up the entire city of Paris in John Wick 4. Where are the cops? <laughs> They the are, cops I mean, were always a step behind the Night Stalker. A step behind? <laughs> you mean a mile? <laughs> the, the, the cops were so never close to figure this You got this blue this van out. rolling through the city. You have these, this bizarre robot scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where I, I, I distinctly remember I called Rob last night. And I go, what's with the robots? It was almost like they wanted to go avant-garde with this movie. Like they were trying to make some sort of MTV money for nothing kind of statement and just be a little different uh be a little weird it was definitely weird like well yeah duh. the robot scene what was that yeah i never was i was honestly i'm not gonna lie to you guys i wasn't paying attention to the robot i just was looking at bridget nielsen bent over that was that that was the whole that was the whole purpose of the scene that's what i was there for so bridget nielsen is leaving the photo shoot the night slasher brigade interrupts a very uncomfortable me too conversation and now they're trying to kill bridget nielsen well they kill a few folks but bridget gets away did we ever conf- did we ever figure out why the the new is it the new world or the new order was it the New World? Is that what they were called? I just started calling them. They were just the... The murderous the, posse. Yeah, they were the night slasher crew to me. Maybe this was lost on me. Did we ever figure out why they were going after her? Or did they just pick her? Whenever they were killing one of the people, she drove by and they think that she saw them. So then they saw her license okay. plate while she was oh, getting okay. away. And then All they were right, tracking yeah. her down because she was one of the few witnesses. And remember, she actually saw the Night Stalker's face. Mm-hmm. So they were one of the, she was one of the only witnesses. Night Slasher. Yeah, the Night Slasher. Did and there was the idea that, like, you'll see throughout the movie, uh, 
Cobra keeps telling the cops, I think it's a group, not just a one person. It's and a group. It's a group. They him. never believe him. And he's he, like, well, I have. Even th- though he was 100% correct. The and fact he's like, that it was I a now group. have a witness that proves that, which they never talked to her about that. They just have to take her, him and her at face value. Doesn't like great police work, but regardless. So now in the hospital, Bridget Nielsen is trying to give some helpful information to Cobra so they can try and crack the case. The Night Stalker Calvary arrives at the hospital trying to kill Bridget Nielsen and they miss again. The brass seem to have a real problem with Cobra, but you know what? They need somebody to solve these murders. What you just said, Rob, Cobra figures out that it is a group. He also figures out that the bad guys have a person on the inside. Mm-hmm. My biggest complaint about this movie, just, I mean, you know, some of it's just Stallone, just go be a badass and go kill people is it didn't really go deep into anything. Nope. Like there was no character. To the whole about. crew. They're just crazy. Like, we don't really know why they're crazy. We don't know how they got crazy. But the this, crew, crazy. this crew is just crazy when it comes to the investigation. It, it's not really like we saw them really investigate the crime at all. It was just th- this part of the movie I thought could have been done a whole lot better. And this goes to what you were saying, Parks, about just the lack of plot, the lack of character development. This movie was missing a lot. I, I would make the argument, Carrington, that it basically missed everything. Can I say this? It almost seemed like a, a Sly Stallone payday movie. He, he's at the high, at, at this point in 1986, you have to remember, not, I was there. Sly Stallone is at the height of his career. He is, I mean, other than maybe Tom Cruise, I'm trying to think back into the 80s, who else would have been able to command such a box office? Tom Cruise, clearly, um, especially right after Top Gun, but nobody, com- Eddie Murphy maybe, um, would have commanded a box office. This seemed like a payday movie to me. Like, I don't care. I'll put a little matchstick in my mouth. I'll walk around with these weird glasses on, talk like a badass, shoot a bunch of people, and you're going to pay me $10 million. And that's it. But, but th- this goes back to the point I was going to make earlier and wanted to come back to. You have to remember where we are in Sly Stallone's career in 1986. He's just come off of Rocky IV, which was a massive box office hit. He also did Rambo II in 85. Rambo II came out in 1985 That's as well. Massive hits. That's a year. So he, he, he's had two massive hits in one year, Rocky IV and Rambo II, okay? Now we're in 1986. He can write his own check. And why? And keep in mind, two years later, I think it is, I believe it's two years later, he he drops another turd on us in the name of Over the Top. I actually have his... About uh, a over-the-road trucker who's an arm wrestler. I have his... uh, I have it pulled up right now. So you just alluded to it. Over the Top. In 85, he does Rambo. 85, he also does Rocky IV. Yeah, Rambo two. Total Blood or whatever whatever the name is. Yeah, First Blood Part two. 86 is Cobra. 87 is Over the Top. 88 is Rambo three. And then in 89, he does Lock Up and Tango and Cash. And then in 90, he does Rocky five. So that's the five-year stretch of Stallone's Huge. career. But but you can't discount what he was doing from 1978 up to that point. Rocky, Rocky 2, Rambo First Blood, uh Rocky 3 in 1982, which was a massive hit. You know, I mean uh, Victory, e- even though that was kind of a box office flop. Uh great movie, one of the greatest movies of all time. This is a guy who if you look through his cinematography in the 1980s almost could do nothing wrong. 
almost could do nothing wrong until 1986. And then Cobra came around. I will say, a lot of fun facts for Stallone in this movie make him sound like a giant douche. I think we know enough about Stallone behind the scenes that he probably was. The IMDb facts include things like none of the supporting cast were allowed to speak to Stallone during filming of this movie, (laughs) which is just crazy. Yeah, none of the supporting cast... Don't even talk to me. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean they weren't allowed to talk to me? That is one of the fun facts. None of the supporting cast were allowed to speak to Stallone during filming. Fuck you. (laughs) It also includes... talk to me. Also one of the in fact, includes, and we'll talk about the ending, the big uh, monologue by Night Slasher at the end, Brian Thompson. That scene is filmed with him actually staring at a stand-in because it was the same time as a basketball game Stallone wanted to watch, so he didn't even go to set that day. Like, really? He didn't even show up? And he and the guy who played Night Slasher have not spoken to this day because they hate each other stemming from this film. What? The fun facts make Stallone <laughs> look like a douche in 86. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Oh, well, the other fun facts, the, mo- the, the novel this was based on, uh, when it came out, they said, hey, it was based on this novel. Stallone reached out to the author and said, hey, I want you to put on the cover that it was written by me and you, to which the author said, no, I'm not doing that. Stallone wanted to be an author on the book because that the movie would be such a hit. He comes off like a giant douche in every fun fact. I mean, this is goes to show you the just the level of success. You know, it goes to people's head, man. At that point, you can do no wrong. You think you can control Hollywood at this point. Yeah, I mean. but, but what may, in, in, in all seriousness... What what brings you to the point? Don't even talk to me. Where you tell crazy. people don't even talk to me. <laughs> I don't even want I don't even want you to look in my direction. <laughs> You're a peon. How dare you talk to me? I'm How can sli- it be your movie and then you don't even show up for the final scene? It's your movie. Mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, literally, he does the final scene, the big monologue for Night Slasher. Yeah, I'm not going to be there because I'm going to go watch a basketball game with the fellas. You guys have a nice day. Like, really? <laughs> That's basically I got paid. Now I hate him. By the way, he was watching the game for the for the part of the fun fact. He was off watching a basketball game. It notes here on television. It wasn't like he had tickets. Oh to, wow! It wasn't like he had tickets to the '86 <laughs> Lakers. He was watching on TV. All right, I I can't miss this one, fellas. Sorry. Like, come on. I mean, and now that we're looking at his career, it starts to explain why it takes the turn that it takes. Like, you just get to a point in your career where you're just off just really doing whatever. I mean, one last fun what fact. The, what was the movie he did with Dolly Parton? Rhine, was it Rhinestone? I don't know. In the I, late 80s? Maybe. I don't know. One last fun fact. So, Brian Thompson, who plays Night Slasher, who he and Stallone still hate each other, he auditioned seven times. After each audition, he asked Stallone, hey, what do you need from me? Like, what do you want? What are you looking for? Da, 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 da. But Stallone was not interested in telling him anything about the character. He just kept making him audition and audition and audition. <laughs> seven auditions. And after every audition, Brian Thompson's like, was that better? What are you looking for from the character? And Stallone would just nothing. I've actually heard this story about that's basically how Dolph Lundgren got cast for Avon Drago. It was kind of a similar process. Uh, the car chase. What did you think of the car chase scene? I loved it. I think that was the best scene in the movie. There, there were a couple of highlights. I thought the car chase scene was good. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. You know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate this movie pretty low. Um, I, I thought the opening scene was, I mean, it was typical 80s. It was almost like a lethal weapon, right? It was almost like a lethal weapon movie to me. Um, I, there were times where I thought this movie has potential. Um, I just, I remember I was watching it with a friend of mine yesterday afternoon. And by the way, when it was over, we said, that's 90 minutes. We'll never get back. Uh, (laughs) It's a fair breakdown. (laughs) But I just, I I remember commenting like a thousand times. uh, The car chase scene was really good. 
um, and fun. But uh, I remember thinking to myself and saying out loud several times, what's with the matchstick? I thought the opening scene could be good if it was redone. Um, I don't understand the knife throwing. Um, and I certainly don't understand the robots. And there were times I just pushed pause and I walked away from this movie. I needed, I just needed a break. And you that, need a mental and that, break. Well, I had to call Rob and mm-hmm. say, what am I watching? This is worse than I remember it. I didn't mind the first car chase. The one later in the movie at the end where after there's the shootout at the upstate cabin, I guess is what we'll call it. The hideout. Yeah. The hideout. And it's, uh, he and her in the truck driving away with the explosions and the whole deal. That car chase is better than this first one. So I didn't dislike this one. But after seeing the second one, I was like, oh, they improved the chase. I liked the first car scene shootout more than the second one. That's fair. But the second one was good. I, I actually did think that the movie did a good job of when it was time for the action. Now, I don't really like the ending. We can get into the ending of the movie. Like I thought the ending was just very, very confusing. And where are all these people coming from? And where are we? I don't know. I actually thought the movie nailed the action sequences. And I think part of Cobra's appeal was that he was so mysterious. And I thought the movie did a good job of he's a lone maverick. He's going to figure this out. He's not going to do it by the book. I actually thought the movie did that all right. You know, if you think about it, though, this just dawned on me. With the driving off at the end of the movie, how many Sly Stallone movies have we seen where that sort of is the trend? Where it just ends with him walking away or driving away in this case. Um, Think about the end of Rambo 4 when he comes home and he looks at the mailbox and it just says J. Rambo on it. And... And it, it ends with him just walking down a road. Think about the end of Rambo 2, where it just shows him walking down a road. I mean, th- this is almost a trend in many respects. Save the the Rocky movies. I'm trying to think about the ending, ending of the Rocky movies. Usually it's, it's him in the ring, winning or losing. Um, but, I mean, th- this is not uncommon for a Sylvester Stallone movie where it just ends... With him walking or driving away. Maybe you can't write anything because he's a giant douche and he's never on set. We <laughs> <laughs> just can't do anything. The guys, the Lakers are playing. Just write me off. Just let me walk away. <laughs> what did you guys make of the ending in the last fight scene? Because I thought the way like it concluded, like the last final showdown, it's obvious that at some point Cobra and the Knight Slasher are going to have their fight. They're going to have their conflict. And obviously Cobra is going to win. I thought the end to the movie was just really, really confusing. It, uh, it, it lost me at the end. It definitely lost me. What I didn't like, and I, I knew kind of like we're getting this final fight scene, which I thought was anticlimactic. What I didn't like is we're just leaving the upstate safe house, I guess we'll call it, and now we're in a steel mill, which, okay, we're just running around the steel mill. I still don't really even know how they got to the, like, I, I don't, don't understand know how why. I don't think they know how they got yeah. there. It was just all of a sudden, it's like, hold on, where are we? And now they're fighting over this hot molten lava, uh-huh. and then he hangs them on the hook. It was it was a lot. He crucified him basically. It was like they went out of their way, like to be like, "Hey, we want to do a, a action scene, a fight scene. We want to do this in a a steel mill. How do we do that? 
we'll put it upstate. It just seemed like to make no sense to me. And the whole time I was like, we went from farmhouse, protect her from the city, to suddenly we're at the most dangerous place on earth, which is operating with basically no people in there other than that one security guard who gets shot. The, the whole Steel Mill finals you, I, did not do it for me at all. Do you think every Sly Stallone movie is built on the premise that there's going to be a sequel? This one was supposed to have a sequel. That's a fun fact. Did not materialize yes. stunningly. Stallone probably just didn't want to no, do that's it. That's my point. I mean, like, it, it almost seems like, and I love him as an actor. I, I think he's fantastic, and I love his movies, and they're just guilty pleasures. But it almost seems like, ever since I was a little kid, every time I've watched a Sly Stallone movie, mine is Victory, because obviously they leave and the war ends, so what, what, what's your sequel going to be? Um it's almost like every Sylvester Stallone movie is built on the premise that we're gonna make, we're gonna try to make a franchise out of this, you know. Um, save maybe over the top too, um, but I just I, I got to this movie and I'm like, it's almost like he wants to make a franchise out of Cobra, like Lethal Weapon back in the day or Beverly Hills Cop, which obviously were huge hits back in the eighties, and that he's he's looking to make Cobra. You know, a two, a Cobra three, maybe a Cobra four, and then we'll be done with it. So Rotten Tomatoes was not a huge fan of this movie. The approval rating on there was 18% based on 22 reviews with an average rating of 3.4 out of 10. Mm. The site's consensus reads, a disengaged Sylvester Stallone plays the titular Cobra. That, what, what, stop. Go back and read that sentence again. A disengaged yes. Sylvester Stallone. yes. Mm-hmm. That is the best word for his performance in this movie. He seemed completely uninterested and disengaged in his own performance. This movie has no bite in this action yep. thriller. It is fixated on wanton carnage and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will find this hard to believe, but uh, Siskel and Ebert, not huge fans of this movie, and called it Filthy Harry. That is Siskel. Review on it, whereas whereas Clint Eastwood simply would have squinted at Robinson. Stallone takes more of a violent approach. Maybe that's the difference between the two actors. Eastwood can be droll. Stallone more than often crosses the border too primitive. At least that is the review from Siskel and Ebert. I would also back say they did this. Not part of the review process. They basically remade this movie in 1990. They called it Total Recall. Like, mm. how, how is this movie any different than Total Recall other than it has a plot? Like, it's very, very similar to me. So I get how they have that review in 1986, but I would curious what they would say now having seen Total Recall, which is better. I'm not saying it's comparable to how that, terrible that it is. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but I mean, it's Total Recall is very similar to Cobra conceptually, just done a million times better. I wonder if that's what they were aiming for, and they just missed the mark horribly. This is where we do our when a hero comes along. Now, I don't think you will have a hero for this movie, Parks, but you try to find a person, thing, or scene that you think tried to save this movie. I'm going to go the first car chase scene. I love he's got that old school 1940 big body Ford, the little shootout. He's blowing up, he's blowing up stuff while they were driving. They're drifting around the city. I really, really enjoyed the car scene, so I'm going to give that my hero. Can I do the antithesis of that? The, the the part of this movie where it I literally almost wanted to throw up. We actually we, have we both. Actually do that. We, we have actually both. Do we both. Do that in a minute. Okay. Yeah. Can I we just jump bo- to that then? Go yeah. Ahead. Okay. Doing too uh, much is what we call it. Uh, doing too much. At the 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 opening scene uh, where there's the bad guy, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody says, and I just remember sitting on my couch and I'm like, really? Uh, when they go, let's bring in the cobra, and I go. 
and I, I know I watched this movie probably 38 years ago when it first came out or 37 years ago when it first came out. Um, because I remember that I didn't, by the way, when I rewatched it yesterday, I did not make it to the end of the movie. I had to stop it. I couldn't take it anymore. And I called Rob and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I, this is horrible. This is one of the worst movies I've ever watched in my life. But the let's bring in the Cobra. G- gotta bring it into clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. We're talking about like Mariano Rivera, Dennis Terrible. Eckersley in the night. Terrible. You gotta bring in the Cobra. I mean, he did in the hostage situation, did he not? Who knows how With many people With a knife throw to the was, gut and yeah. then a shot to the head. He had to kill that man. Well, I mean, he, he didn't kill any die. civilians. Yeah, I mean, he's only a cop. My hero, by the way, Bridget Nielsen. Or Nelson, excuse me. She it's is Nielsen. Nielsen, excuse me. She is. You mentioned the scene where, like, do you think she's, she's just hot? I think she's hot in this movie. I, I, actually, I actually do think she's attractive. In I think she's show. attractive in this movie. She's she's very 1980s attractive. If that makes sense. Like, she's there's like cl- Amazon freakish hot though. Like there there was something about her I, I, I liked. I actually thought like her little I don't want to call it a love story because it's just kind of slammed together. But like the little hey I have an affinity for the guy who's protecting me kind of deal. I like the lone wolf kind of guy. They clearly were trying to make that a major plot point. They just they don't do anything well in this movie, but I thought she played the character well, and she played like the hot girl who's in distress and falls for like the loner guy very well. Outside of being just hot, I think she actually does a good job of acting. I am going to give my doing too much. I much rather the movie had either picked one or two lanes, either really make Cobra investigate and get leads to the story, mm-hmm. or let's really dive into this cult and the world that they are a part of. How do we the get new, to this point? The new world order. Yeah, world how do we there. get to this point? And why is it so important that Cobra must stop these people? Like, why are they killing people? What is the purpose of it? What are they trying to do? So if I could kind of go back and I would tweak the movie, either let's make the investigation part much better mm-hmm. or let's really flesh out the villain a little bit more. I think both sides get kind of underserved. The person personalized Cobra. I, I think there is, you know, as bad as the movie is, and I'm going to, I don't know if we do ratings here at the end of the we show. We do. We do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I go back to like lethal weapon which I think Cobra is sort of loosely based on. And when you when you talk about the character that Mel Gibson played in Lethal Weapon, his name escapes me at the moment, Murdaugh, or no, that's... Uh, that's, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, God dang it, as soon as you say it, I'll, I'll, I'll know it. But, like, in Lethal Weapon, they really got Riggs. into... He plays Riggs. Riggs. Riggs, that's right. And they really got into the character development of Riggs. And you knew he was, he was, a, he was a flawed human being. Uh, good cop, wanted to do right, but was crazy. Vietnam vet, had a little PTSD, uh, lost his wife. There, there was character development in the rigs of Lethal Weapon that there wasn't in the Lieutenant Cabretti in Cobra. And if they I, spend more time, I mean, I know it's only like a 90 minute movie, which was kind of par for the course back in the 80s. Um, we weren't doing three hour Oppenheimers, but there's, there, there's just there's nothing that draws you in to Lieutenant Cabretti that makes you feel sympathetic to him like you did with Riggs and Lethal Weapon. You know what I mean? You like, don't really understand Cobra and why he and is why the way he's that there. he is. Yeah, and why he is the way that he is. Yeah. All you get is that he's on the zombie crew. The cops don't respect the zombie crew, but you get like little snippets. But they rely one- on them and yeah. need them. And you get little one-liners from people being like, no one's better at you know talking to the scourge of the city about what's going on. You're like... So is he an investigator? Is he an enforcer? I don't... His character is just 
Stallone being a really a blah version of a cop. Like there's just there's nothing about him that's like you can, you had mentioned earlier. You don't connect with him at any point, so it's hard to connect with any other part in the movie because he's the main character and you don't get what he's doing. This is where we re-rate the movie. It is a 5.8 on IMDb. Is that too much, too little, or just right? It's too much. Um, I will never watch this movie again. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to watch Cobra again either. I give it a three. A three? All right. I think that's I think that's way too low. Rob, I'll go before you. I would give this movie a 5.1 on IMDb. It's a 5.8 now? Is that yeah, 5.8. 5.8 to me is a little too high too for high. this movie. I would give it a 5.1. Just in the line of the movies that we do, I think this movie's a 5.1. I had it at 4.7, 4. 4.8. I okay. think it's about a point worse than people gave it credit for. Let I me think- ask you this. If you had to rewatch a movie, would you pick this or Wild Wild West? <laughs> I remember because yeah, Wild Wild West was a 4.8. Yeah. I would I, watch Cobra again. I'd probably watch Cobra again. I think the time of that matters because Cobra's like an hour 15. You can kind of be like, oh, grit and grind and get through it. We're like, <laughs> Wild Wild West, like two hours, and there's like... This one is not even 90 minutes and there's no plot. See, so I actually think I can, this movie is better this on, than Wild Wild West. I get this movie on mute and I get it. Like, Wild Wild West is like, oh, God, it's on. I have to listen to it. But, yeah, I think it's about a 4.8. I think what people think of Wild Wild West is what Cobra is. And they took that concept and they made it better with Total Recall. We talk a lot on this podcast about how hey, you can squint and you can see the good movie in there. Man, I couldn't see the good movie in there for anything. I could not squint and find it. I, I think part of the reason my, my number is so low is because... And not to pull the, I was there in the 80s and you guys weren't, but I was. And I remember the, the the Stallone movies that were so good that surrounded this movie. You know, the Rambo 2, the Rocky 4. I mean, he was, he was at the height of his career. And this movie to me was just a turd. That's probably fair. If you were around during that time and you felt like the stardom and you... like, We know based on reading IMDb that Stallone was... You know, he popping out fire. bangers he and like, but it's different to be there and then be like, what, what was he doing now with the advantage of hindsight too? You're like, it was like miss after miss after miss. Like, has he had a major, like outside of Creed, what was his last one? Where you're like, wow, like this is kind of the start of what could be a tailspin for his career. I know, I know Tulsa King on TV is popular, but TV is just different than movies. I get that. It's kind of crazy. Cause you would say that he probably had one more kind of time that popped. You know, he had that demolition man with the, he did that with the Wesley Snipes. Like he probably had one more big kind of push before his career was kind of over at that point. Yeah, but I mean, look at what he did to, to Rob's point with Creed. I mean, literally reinvented the Rocky franchise and killed it. Tell me the Creed movies are not great. No, the Creed movies are incredible. So in so I'm looking at it right now. In, in 93, I would say he kind of gets back because 1990 is Rocky five, 91 is Oscar, number 92 or 92, he does stop or my mom will shoot. I've never that, heard that of that. That was before. a turd. Uh, and then in 94.4, oh my God, that yeah, was going to be terrible. And then in 93, he does Cliffhanger, Demolition Man, and then he does Judge Dredd. Then mm-hmm. he does Copland. So he kind of had a little bit of a run a little, again a in, in the mid 90s where he did a couple of Copland. And then was, it falls was, off again. Cop- Copland, yeah, then, then it's over. Copland was critically acclaimed. I remember watching that movie. Was that 97? 97. Yeah. That was a great movie. Um, I mean, the cast is incredible. I'm sitting yeah, looking at the he, cast. That, that, was, that was Sylvester Stallone going back to actually being a really, really good dramatic actor. A la Rocky one and two. Copland was fantastic. 
So I, I was wrong. You're right. After this movie, he does tailspin, but it pops back up. But then that's that's when the super tailspin happens up until Creed. It's like we talk a lot about like actors, like they have these misses and how do they recover? Stallone recovered, but this clearly is the miss that starts to feel like, uh oh, it's now circling the drain a little bit. You had to have a salvage film to get you get back. Yeah. So to be fair, though, we can you know close with this. I mean, you know. That first Rocky movie comes out in the 70s, and his run doesn't really end till like, 95. I mean, Stallone had a good 15-year stretch where I know we had some misses in the middle, but he was as consistent as anybody. People will come out and see my movies. They will support my movies. He probably had, what, 8 to 10 we would call box office hits. Oh, that's, that's probably, that's probably yeah, I mean, 15 is probably around the number. And you got to remember, Rocky 1 comes out in 76, right? He writes the movie. Uh, they want... They, they like the movie. They love the script. They want to cast somebody else's Rocky Balboa. He says, no, I'm Rocky Balboa. I am the one you're going to have to, or I won't sell you my script. And, and they, they finally say, fine, we'll make the movie. You're Rocky Balboa. That literally changes everything. Changes everything. And who else would you put as Rocky Balboa now? It's hard to, back. I mean, it's it, hard to it, picture anyone else. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to see anybody He's else perfect. playing it. It's hard He's to perfect. see anybody else. Parks, that was the uh, Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast, man, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. We learned that this is not your favorite bad movie, and we only watch movies that are rated below a 6.0 on IMDb. Next week, we get back to our normal bag. We went to the 80s bag. We go back to our 2000s. John Tucker Must Die. Oh, That is our movie next week. We'll watch that with uh, Nikki Venus. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.